0: Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Michael Yu at our Buragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Welcome, welcome to everyone. Thank you, worship team. Amazing worship as always. And now, for those who are listening on podcasts, you can download. Download the app. We have a mobile app now, church app and I believe you can. There's sermon notes, right? But I, I believe you can do that. You can download it now. So if you're looking at your phones, I won't be judgmental on you that you're looking at your phones, maybe Facebooking or texting or whatever, but you're actually taking notes. So, and I, I ask that you won't jump the gun and go ahead of my slides and kind of you know, even before I finish, just get up and leave because you kind of know what's coming ahead. I stay that you'll stick around um, for the end. Actually, we got communion tonight, so you're going to have to stick around. So that's a good thing. It's great to have you this evening, and once again, it's a privilege to continue on with the series, extravagant love, and tonight on adoptive love. I uh, have to be honest with you. Never really thought about. Adoption in the biblical sense. Uh, it's something that I took for granted. It's just written there in the Bible and say, yes, it's God's word. I've been adopted into his family. Sweet. That's good. All right. Um, because it's not something that I've experienced personally. All right. So there's, I know people who've been adopted, who've adopted children into their family. There's, uh, I've got a friend who advocates for adoption. And he runs this, uh, this amazing uh, NGO um, that just promotes adoption and works very hard at it. But it isn't something that is like personal that I've experienced. And so when I read the Bible and I've come across these passages where it talks about adoption and being adopted into the family of God, I understood it from my understanding of adoption, right, and took it in just like... Yeah, chill, I'll just take it as it goes in a simple kind of uh, manner. I wonder what about you? How do you understand adoption? How have you understood that we are adopted into the family of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? We are adopted into that. And what does that actually mean? See, God has given us the opportunity to choose, every single one of us, to choose Jesus. And upon that decision to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have been given the right to be adopted into this family of God. So tonight, what I want to do is uh, let's have a look at why John actually wrote this epistle. What is the reason behind to better understand uh, what the circumstance was? And what, in what context he wrote this letter. And then we'll proceed what that looks like in being adopted into God's family. And how all of that kind of encompasses with the love that God has for us. So Dominique is going to read for us this evening. Onya, Dom. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. What great encouraging words. How great is the love the Father lavished, poured out in abundance on us that we should be called children of God. So encouraging. But why did John write this letter? This passage is part of a letter to Christians who are being led astray by false teaching, by false teachers. And these were the things that the false teachers were claiming, They were claiming that they have fellowship with God, but they are sinless because they have this fellowship. They claim that they knew God, and they believed that God was light and said they lived in this light. However, the false teachers also held on to the belief and that they did not believe that Jesus was Christ, the Son of God. They denied Jesus came in the flesh and in turn did not see the significance of his death and resurrection. And that was spreading and that was being spread amongst the people that John had established, the church that he had established. And so John writes to address these false teachers, the false teachers' claims about Jesus and themselves. So in this context, John states, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. See, these false teachers do not know. They are wrong. They have what they are claiming is not right. Why is John stressing this point? That we are children of God. Now, I think it will help us to understand The nature of adoption in first century Rome. Now, if you're adopted, say, in the first century Rome, you were actually honored. It was an honor, a great honor to be adopted. Because in the ancient world, if you adopted somebody, you were adopting, in most cases, a son. You adopted a son because you found someone who exceeded in the capabilities than the one that you had or you didn't have. So you went out and you chose a son and you adopted that son to be the heir, to be the inheritor of your whole family estate. Someone who's going to carry on that name. That's why you went out and actually adopted a son. An adopted son was deliberately chosen by the adopting father to carry on the name to inherit the estate. No way was the adopted son inferior. On some occasions it might have been a daughter, but in most part it was a son. But this process wasn't easy. A Roman adoption was very formal. It was a very formal event. But what we need to remember is that we are adopted by divine choice. And our adoption into the family of God is a legally binding commitment on the part of God to be our heavenly father. It's a binding commitment that God has made that he will be our heavenly father. So let's put this understanding into the context of our reading. John is encouraging encouraging the recipients of this letter that they were valued enough as one would seek and adopt a child that Jesus came, that he died, and was resurrected so that you and I, so that they could be adopted into the family of God. In opposition to what the false teachers were saying, it is only through Jesus Christ that we can experience God's love and actually have future hope. What they were claiming is wrong. Without Jesus, it means nothing. God lavished his love for us. There were benefits. Firstly, this adoptive love gives us a new life. These benefits of being adopted into the family. There's new life, new life in Christ. The, re- world, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The false teachers were claiming that they had fellowship with God, that they were sinless, that they knew God, but in reality, they didn't, they didn't know God because they didn't know Jesus. Who he was and is, and to acknowledge him as the Son of God, the Word incarnate, the one who came to die for our sins. They did not acknowledge that. They did not see that. They did not comprehend that. When we were adopted into God's family, we received a new life. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We are a new creation. Our sinful ways are no more. Now, here's what happened at the time of adoption under the Roman law. Four very important things. Firstly, the adopted person lost all rights in his former family. He has no claim to his former family, no association, no connections, nothing. Couldn't go back and try to get something from his former family. All was completely cut off from the past. But he had all the rights of a fully legitimate son in his new family. Second one, he became heir to his father's estate. Other sons born by the father could not make claim against this adopted son because the adopted son had the right. Thirdly, the old life of the adopted son was completely erased. It was as if he'd never lived. All his debts were cancelled on the spot. All his records were erased. It was as if he was never born until the day he was adopted. That's when his life began. Everything else was erased. Nothing existed. And lastly, in the eyes of the Lord, the adopted person was permanently and absolutely the son of his new father. In the eyes of the law. Does that, does that sound like salvation to you? That's exactly what this concept of adoption is depicting. All our rights to our former family and our former father, the devil, are cancelled. We gain all the rights, fully legitimate sons in our new family, co-heirs with Christ. Everything from our old life is wiped or clean. Oh, what love God God lavished on us that we are called sons of and daughters of God. We are given new life, a clean slate, a new life. However, this cannot come about if our debt wasn't paid on the cross. There was a price to be paid for this transaction, and it was paid by Jesus on the cross, and Jesus was enough. But the thing is, the false teachers denied that. They were denying that. This leads to my second point, that adoptive love gives us hope, hope in Christ. It gives us a hope of restoration in the divine image in us. This is amazingly beautiful. As we become sons and daughters by adoption, we also become sons and daughters by regeneration. In other words, we now have become not just adoptive children, but partakers of the divine nature. Think about that partakers of the creator of the universe, God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are partakers into that family. It's an amazing thing. It's a mind-blowing thing that we have been invited into. It's a staggering thing, and the Holy Spirit does all this. Dear friends, Now, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, false teachers denied him, but Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect representation of man, created in the image of God, They denied him, but he is the perfect representation of man. Jesus said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. If you belong to God and you are a child of God, there should be some family resemblance. God's love gives us hope in that We've come into the family of God. The process of sanctification will make us more and more into the likeness of our brother, Jesus. Not through what we can do, but through what the Holy Spirit does in us to be like Christ, because Christ is the perfect representation of humanity created in the image of God. And this is the hope that we can have that the Holy Spirit makes the adopted children of God into Christ-like people, working in and through us. And it's only as we look to Christ, you and I understand what godliness, what holiness, and what sanctification is. And Jesus is the standard To which the Spirit of God transforms us, you and me, into his likeness. And this is the hope that we can have as the Holy Spirit works in us. To produce sons and daughters of God who have a family resemblance, who are like their father and their brother, Jesus Christ. I've got a quote from Charles Wesley, and what kind of family gathering it would be like, you know, and if our fellowship below in Jesus be so sweet, what hypes of rapture shall we know when round his throne we meet? Can you just imagine the kind of family gathering that it will be. I know you guys are going to have Christmas family gatherings and things like that. But just, just for a moment, just close your eyes and pause and just think what kind of a gathering would it be, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and us in that presence. God is making a family God is redeeming a family. God is regenerating a family. As we are adopted into the family of God and receive a new life, we can have the hope that we will be transformed into his likeness, which will be perfected at his return. Like Sue said, it's a work in progress. We are work in progress. We all are work in progress. And this leads to my third point: even though we are a work in progress, we can have confidence. We can have confidence of eternity. The Holy Spirit gives us assurance and confidence in our lives today, and of the future. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit comes to us, takes up residence in us, and confirms to our hearts that we, that you and I belong to God. Holy Spirit does that in our hearts so that we can understand, that we know. And he testifies to that, that we are a child of God. Now, in the adoption process in ancient Rome, that they had to have seven witnesses, seven witnesses, seven, seven Roman citizens who were the first-hand eyewitnesses of the transaction for this adoption to take place. Why? Because the Roman rulers knew when the father dies, there'll be trouble. Right? The biological kids don't like the adopted kid, right? And they're going to be a bit of uh, fighting over the inheritance, the estate. But the thing is, we don't need seven. We just need one, the Holy Spirit who has sealed us to the day of redemption, which means we are protected until that day. The Holy Spirit will testify. The Holy Spirit becomes the guarantee of the full inheritance. That is what Romans 8.16 is saying. He testifies with us that we are children of God. He bears witness along with our spirit, and there is no the And we have internal confidence in our hearts. It should, it should be all is well with us, knowing this. And as the child was adopted, the child held the same citizenship as the father. Right? It didn't matter which country you were adopted from. If the father was a Roman citizen, the child became a Roman citizen. And we are told that in Scripture that we are citizens of heaven. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way. We are no longer citizens of the world. We are we are aliens here. We are citizens we are citizens of the new world to come. And we have the rights of heavenly citizenship and the responsibility to live like citizens of our Father's kingdom while we live on earth. As so, John says, everyone who has hope, everyone who has hope in him, purify himself, just as he is pure. There's a call to and call for purity, to live rightly as a child of God, God says, be holy as I am holy. Be different. Be set apart from the world. Remember the new life. Remember the hope. And have the confidence as the Holy Spirit works in you and in me of revealing the truth and only in our obedience to him, what he reveals to us, can we produce any sort of family resemblance. We can no longer conform to the pattern of this world and say we are citizens of heaven. We need to take the things that God, the Holy Spirit reveals to us and be obedient to what he's revealing to us and live in accordance to that. Why does John go on about this adoption? Why is it so important? John's explaining to the false teachers, to his people, who is wavering, who is confused. Without Jesus, without what was done on the cross, without his sacrifice, without his resurrection, we have nothing. But think about this, the love that Jesus had for us, the love that God had for us to, to adopt us into his family, to give us all of this inheritance, to give us all the, the entitlement, the rights that we can have, the privileges that we can have of this new life, of hope, and of eternity. All of these things hang on Jesus Christ. You deny him and you deny all of that. We have nothing to stand on when we deny Jesus Christ. And it is through Jesus Christ, what he has done on the cross, that we are able, as we, as we look to him, as we accept him as our Lord and Saviour, that we have the right to become, come into this family, to have a new life, to have hope, to have eternity. You can't have those things without Christ. You can't have those things without Christ. In closing and before we come to communion, This is the adoptive love of God that we are called child of God, to be chosen into his family. Not only that, but have the rights and privileges that go along with it. The God of the universe has adopted us as his child, even though we were enemies. Why? Why would he do that? Because he is love. And it is only through his son, Jesus, that we have this right to be called a child of God. No other way, no other means. And the love that God lavished on us, that he poured out upon us, even though when we were sinners, even though we were enemies, I still cannot fathom. I still cannot get my head around that. But all I can say is praise God and all glory goes to him. Isaac Watts wrote a hymn. And his translation, his version of the same passage is kind of captures it well. So he says, Behold the amazing gift of love the Father hath bestowed on us, the sinful sons of men, to call us sons of God, Concealed as yet this hour lies by this dark world unknown, a world that knew not when he come, even God's eternal son. High is the rank we now possess, but higher we shall rise. Though what we shall hereafter be is hid from mortal eyes. Our soul we know when he appears, shall bear his image bright, for all his glory, full disclosed, shall open to our sight. can't read that. A hope so great and so divine, may trials well endure, and purge the soul from sense of sin, sense and sin, as Christ himself is pure. I think it's a timely reminder as we come for communion how we got to be adopted into God's family and the price paid, the blood, in blood so that we may be called children of God, co-heirs with Christ. The new life we have received through the body broken and the blood shed that we no longer live in darkness and with a sense of identity, but that we are born new into light, that we are now live with hope of what is yet to come because of the risen one. And upon his return, it will fully be revealed. And this gives us the confidence to live today And approach this table in his presence, in remembrance of his son, remembering the blood poured out on the cross and the body broken for us, so that for those who believe shall be called a child of God. So the Lord, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So I want to invite all of you, when you're ready, to come to the table of love, a love so extravagant, poured out for us that we might be called a child of God. Come to this table. And as you come, take, a, take some time to ponder on the meaning of of this adoption, what does it mean for you? The great privilege and the honour that God's love has bestowed upon all of us, even though we were undeserving. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church.